Welcome everyone to the greatest episode of the Infertility <laughs> Feelings podcast we have ever done. <laughs> when is that joke going to get lame? Is it's it ever going to get lame? It's not. If it was a joke, then it would get lame, but I it's w- not a joke. I would say that this is the most probably complicated I podcast. Take it back, wind it back. Welcome to the most complicated, complicated episode. episode of the Infertility Feelings podcast we have ever done. Because this is also the second time that we have tried to record this podcast. And apparently it's a big subject. Apparently it's complicated. The first time we tried to do this podcast, it got so complicated, the equipment shut down and we had to just do it again. (laughs) The equipment was tired. Like the (laughs) microphones were like, I'm too tired for this. I can't handle this. It's complicated, but it's good. I think this might be the most engaging, complicated, yet enriching. I told you, it's the best podcast we've ever done. Ever done. This is my favorite subject to talk about, and I will get there. But this is that was a joke. This is not my favorite subject. Before we get into things, I think it's important to note that it's officially October, Jesse. It's officially October. How are you and feeling if about you October? Are listening to this in April? Happy spring break. Um, I love October. I love a good breeze. I love a good cross breeze. Let's talk about the fact that. It's How 70 degrees that? in our office right now and you have the air conditioner on. You are wearing a long sleeve shirt. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. It's going to get hot in here, especially with this topic. Okay. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of opinions and a lot of things, a lot of things to talk about. Yes. I love a good cross breeze. I love a good um, black coffee, not a pumpkin spice latte, <laughs> like in our previous episode. Um, and yeah, I just, I love it. I love, you know what? I just love the weather being cooler. I'm a happier person when it's not so hot. Yeah. I really am. I'm not an ice baby like you. So I like the cold. I like it. Just call me an ice baby. That's your nickname because you don't like the cold. So I'm ready. I am a baby when it comes to cold. Bring on the fireplace, fires, bring on, you know, holiday music, bring it all on. I love it. Bring on the pumpkins in front of your house and all the things. I'm I'm all for it. it. I'm happier in October than I am in August. I agree. I feel like October has a certain uh, je ne sais quoi about it, you know, which I'm not quite sure what that means, but it sounds French and I like saying it. It's like the excitement, the kickoff month of the of the holidays. I love a good kickoff. And Doug loves a good kickoff. You've been talking about October for two months now. I have. I love Um, a good kickoff. Sidebar, also difficult when you're struggling with infertility this season could be. Well, there's there's the season of October, November, December, like the the end of the year season. And then there's the experience of it. And sometimes I like the season, but not the experience. We've often talked about that. That sometimes the holiday, like the actual day, you're like, eh, I could take it or leave it. It's the, it's the, it's the ness of it, the Octoberness of it. Would you, know? you say that the majority of people like the season, but the holiday is difficult? I would say the holiday is is you know hit or miss. You know, sometimes the holiday, like you have difficult situations with the holidays, yeah. and there's and the the parties, the family party is like ah, it's just. It's good, but it's a it's so nightmare. When losses, anniversaries are around holidays yeah, like totally. this, that sucks. Or, or they become a, like a milestone for an anniversary of something that was difficult to happen. Or you, or you just have really difficult relationships with families. Yeah. But, I'm, but those are like the holiday parties or the when they come in, people come in to visit or the actual day. But I think the overall just experience of the fall, most people like. One more question, Jesse, about the fall before we move on to our stimulating topic for the day. Yes. Your thoughts on scary movies. Mm. I don't love gore. So I'm not going to be like a saw 
fan. Or like a chain, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, kinda... I'm not an intense <laughs> Chainsaw Massacre kind of person. But some people are, which is great. Oh, and yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I, I love... appreciate the Texas Chainsaw Massacre people. You do? They're, are yeah, you one of them? I'm not one of them, but there's a certain admiration I have for someone who's just like, yeah. I love it. Bring Texas on the gore. Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I love a thriller. Yeah. So if we can have a thriller without the gore, I'm in. One of my favorite movies of all time is What Lies Beneath. Do you remember that Oh my that gosh, classic? I was going to say- T- number one thriller, What Lies Beneath. Yes. I mean, I know that there is some like gory stuff in there. Yeah, that whatever. movie's way freaky. Are you I kidding know, me? I know, but it's like such a psychological thriller. And at the end it turns and it's so oh good. Gosh. So like that kind of vibe. I am all about that. What kind about of vibe. like, um, and I love the classic, like Hocus Pocus, Nightmare for Christmas. Yeah, those but those are aren't too. scary movies. I know, but they're deer. Yeah. Yeah. They're deer. I like them. What about, um, what about signs? Even though signs. Love signs. All time. Uh, my, favorite, my favorite all time signs. suspense. Yes. I love signs. So like that, like signs, what lies beneath. If you haven't seen what lies beneath, go and I almost said rent it. <laughs> rent it. Head <laughs> like on down to your- Blockbuster. Pick one, that one up on a Thursday night. Hollywood video, California. Is that Hollywood only one? video. Is that only California? Hollywood video. Did anyone have a Hollywood video? Is you that- did. I mean, I, there was one right by my house, yes. but, but I don't know if they were popular throughout the country. No, Hollywood I don't video. think they were. I think they were, I, I mean, I'm guessing I've never thought about Hollywood video since the last time I stepped foot in Hollywood video, but no blockbuster. That's where it was at. And oh my gosh, we were, yeah. Ugh, I just love, I love it. I love signs too. One of the most traumatizing moments in my entire life is when the alien walks across the screen at yes. that birthday party and yes. signs. Oh my gosh. I still haven't recovered. My heart rate went up and it's and never it's, quite come down. <laughs> it's because of the way they filmed it. And the little kids that are watching it are like leaning in. And so you lean in off your couch oh. and then that scare. Oh, it's so good. I can't even talk about it. Oh, uh, let's watch that movie tonight. I mean, now my heart rate is even higher. <laughs> I'm never going to go back down. <laughs> and hilar- that movie is hilarious. That movie is so perfect because it's jump scenes. It's suspense. You are guessing the whole time and it's funny. Yeah. It's like the perfect movie. And it's touching. Are you kidding me? Swing I away, know. Meryl. Swing away. Meryl, don't, swing away. Don't give away the end, Doug. You don't think people have seen signs? I don't know. You but should go watch it if you haven't watched if it. You, if you've never watched it, go go down to your local Hollywood video and rent that ish. <laughs> it's classic. Okay. Enough with the fun and games, Jesse. Can we stay in the- No. We got, we got to dig in. We've already, we've already wasted too much time. We got to dig in, okay? Let's talk about Christmas or something next, not this subject. No, I'm excited to talk about this subject. I feel like I am going to be a learner in this episode. No, like we are contributing. I am contributing, but I feel like this is a hard one to figure out. And the nerd time with Doug philosophy hat is going to come out. And I am going to make notes. Without further ado, why bad things, air quotes, infertility happen to good people. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Infertility Feelings Podcast, your place to process, cry, and laugh about infertility. We are so happy to have you here, and we really hope you enjoy today's conversation. So today's podcast, we are talking about why bad things happen to good people. Why do bad things happen to good people? It's a great question. Darn it. You could really substitute the word bad with infertility. Why does infertility Fertility. happen to good people? Yeah. Why does infertility happen to people in general? Not right. from obviously a medical standpoint, but from this large cosmic, why is the universe like this? Why did I have to experience this pain? Why did I have to go through this? 
That's the question of the day. The first thing that I think we want to dig into, though, is that when you are experiencing this why me moment, there are lots of feelings that go in it. There's anger. There's sadness. Jesse, bring us into your experience of why me? Why are these things happening to me? Was there an experience you had? Let's maybe start with we run a nonprofit. We see lots we do. of stories of infertility. When you sit and you think about the hundreds of yeah. people who come through our programming, who experience the process groups, all the things that we offer, and you see this happening to them, what emotion comes up in you? I feel protective and angry. Outwardly, I feel very angry. Why? This sweet person that's sitting in front of me that has had two losses and is just so thinking like, why is this me? And it feels like in so pain, like inside of me, I feel rage. I feel like protective <laughs> yeah, yeah. and angry and like, why? Yes. Why? Why do you have to be here? Why does uniquely it even have to exist? I mean, I'm very happy to do this work and all that, but it's like, I think sometimes I'm like, why, why did this have to happen? Why do some people have this for free? Why do some people have this for very easily? And then some people don't like, I just, it feels very enraging to me. Yeah. There's almost like a righteous indignation of like, this isn't right. Yes. Yes. This is not right. And that creates a lot of anger. Yeah. I would say it only creates anger. Only angry. And I know that sadness is underneath anger blah, 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 from therapy or whatever. But, and I, and it is because when I think about it for myself, it turns into sad. Mm. Yeah. So what was it like for you? Did you ever yeah. have a moment like that while we're going through treatment and all that? Yes. I would, something that would keep me up at night would be Doug and I are pretty decent humans. Yeah. Pretty decent. Pretty decent. <laughs> I've had some lows. No like pretty decent humans. And I feel like we would be phenomenal parents. Why, why is this happening? And that would invoke sadness is the why. And then with this question, why is this happening to me? And maybe this is something that I still haven't even fully processed is why, why does this happen? Why, why is this happening? There's like the why me. And then there's like the, no, seriously, why Why me? (laughs) And, And it feels big. Yeah. It feels existential. It feels like I have to dig into something else. And that's what I feel like we're probably going to talk about today, which I will do my processing. But like, like it feels like it's almost like that question led me to what is the meaning of all this? What is the meaning of life? What do I think about God? What do I think about the universe? Like, it feels like it's like huge. It doesn't feel like something of like, oh, now I just processed and I cried a little bit and I understand it. Like it felt like a place of grieving that would never end. Yeah. And that makes me want to avoid it. Okay. If I'm being well, honest. No, no, that's really important because I think I think we both see in our programming a lot in our groups is that there, this question sits on people and creates a lot of anger and stress and sadness. Yet it's kind of avoided too as oh, well. Oh, it's totally avoided. I and don't you, feel like people- And you think it's because it's so big. Yeah. For me, it went down of like, I feel like I could grieve this forever. Like I could grieve this forever. Like I, and, and on the flip side, it's like when I was in therapy and grieving my infertility, it's like, okay, let me grieve the person that it was going to be. Okay. Check. Let me grieve that I wasn't able to breastfeed. Check. Like I could, and it, and it felt like a letting go. Let me, let me grieve when we move on to adoption and foster care that we'll never name our children. Like stuff like that. It's like, okay, grieve, let it go. But then it's like full stop. Why did, why did, why did that happen to Doug and I? Why, why did we have to go through all that pain? And that's where it's like, Ooh, like, that feels like a grieving river 
that is going to always, it just always be. It feels like it will always be. And I think when I feel things like that, I want to avoid them. Like I said, I want to like, be like, nope, I'm good. I'm good. Cause that feels too big and it feels never ending. Do you see how there's difference? Is that my mind making sense? No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I think there, there is a way in which we experience infertility that makes us feel very sad, right? When you're going through it, maybe things are taking longer than you want. Almost by definition, things are taking longer than you want during infertility. Right. If you're in infertility, it's longer than you want. <laughs> yeah. So it's things are taking longer than you want. Maybe you've had test results that you're not happy with, or you've experienced something traumatic like a loss or a surgery that went crazy or whatever it is. The, just the act of doing it is very sad and very, it makes you very angry and frustrated. You want it to be over and you want it to be done with. And then there's a lot of grief that goes with that. There's a lot of, of like processing and natural sadness of of talking to your people and, and going through that. This feels like a, there's a, this is a different category of bigness. I agree. Like I am now doubting the way that I view the world or, or the, like this life that I had and the, things that I took for granted and, and the way that I thought I was going to live, the way that I thought people lived, the way that I thought my well, life would go. Yes. All of a sudden that's in question. And that's like, Ooh, Ooh, too big. It feels like you two know? different paths. Mm-hmm. It's like one path over here of grieving of just like, I need to grieve that IVF is the only way that maybe we could get pregnant. It's yeah. like, that's one thing and one category and then, or grieve your loss or whatever it is might always still be painful, but it's like, it feels like it's a path. This one over here feels huge and existential and big. And it feels like it's going to lead me down to a place where I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what is life? What is, I why totally, am I on this earth? I totally agree with you. And you know, what's so funny. We're the perfect people to be doing this because wow, thank you. I, I personally do not enjoy the daily sadness of infertility. Like huh. that, that is the part that I wanted to avoid. I wanted to avoid the sadness of IVF, the depression of having to experience month after month of trying. I was like, Ugh, get me away from that. I like to live in the existential crisis of what's happening to our lives. What's the point of all of this? Why do bad things happen to good people? That's where I'm comfortable with. I'm actually uncomfortable with the other side. And I, I feel like this is perfect because when we come together, both need to be processed. Yeah. So I think it's an opportunity for us to both flex the areas where we're comfortable. Yes. I could cry on the couch when I started my period for hours on end, but you coming to me, I feel like we had this happen where you would like come to me after like we, I started my period or whatever. I'm crying on the couch for three hours. And then you're like, what's the meaning of all this? And I'm, I'm be like, like, no, I'm like, I see that you're really upset. Jesse, do you feel like meaning is defined by performance <laughs> in what we're able to com- do as humans? And you're like, what the hell is wrong? Yes, with you? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it would be like, don't go that big. Don't go that big. I can't go yeah. there yet. I can't go there. But even after our, it's so funny. Cause that actually is probably something that actually happened. Yeah, that's 100%. not a joke, people. That's exactly what would happen. For that's us. exactly what would happen. I feel like you would always be like, what's the meaning of all this? Like, why is this happening? Like, uh, you know what I things. got stuck with is like, does our purpose in life have to be attached to what we're able to do as people? Yes. And you're always like, seriously? Go clean a vacuum. Like, I can't, I can't deal with this. I can't. 
go clean up. Because that's what you would do is you would get like- The only way to stay off my extreme anxiety about the meaning in life is to clean a vacuum. Yes, exactly. That was like the worst weekend of our lives. I sat, when our second adoption fell through, I sat on the couch, cried for three days and you cleaned the inside of our vacuum. I was like, Do you oh know my how gosh. good it feels to clean the inside of a vacuum? <laughs> I'm sure it does. I'll never know. I would take apart a vacuum if you could. Yeah. I want a vacuum that's like I could take down to the parts. You did, Doug. That's what happened. <laughs> and I will never know what that feeling is like because I will be on the couch grieving for hours. Anyway, yeah, I just think that it's just so funny. I'm sure there's other couples that have yeah. felt the same way that it's like one of us is different than the other. I think both in this way. I just think both need to be dealt with, yeah. you know, because both are present in the in the experience of infertility. And I think is, that's go ahead. That's I think that's something to reflect on. Or which person are you? It yeah. could, you could be both, but what person where do you lean? Are you more leaning into like, oh my gosh, like more of the details of it, grieving that or the existential why? Or maybe both. You're like, I'm screwed with both. I don't I don't want to process that we're doing IVF and I don't want to process this is so big. Yeah. You know? I think that this being the infertility feelings podcast, us running the nonprofit uniquely knitted, which is all about processing and dealing with the mental health side of infertility. I think it's good to, we talk about this a lot, integrate all of these things into yeah. your experience. If you want to feel more resilient, if you want to feel like you're making it through this season in a way that feels like you have any type of mental wellness, integration is a huge part in that. You don't have to do it perfectly, but it, it helps, which is, can I integrate the fact that, that this week was really sad? Can I also integrate the fact that this is really messing with my view of life? Can you integrate those things in and process them in any kind of successful way? I hope this podcast, this podcast helps with the affecting my life, big existential side of things. Why do bad things happen to good people? This will be a moment where you get to integrate this topic into your life while you're on a walk or driving or sitting in a coffee shop or what do you think people are doing when they listen to this podcast? A lot of people are walking. I get a lot of, I was yes. on my walk today and this helped or whatever. Do you think a they're walking, walking their dogs? I think they're walking their dogs. I think they are probably walking in a very pretty environment. That's what I picture. Oh. A lot prettier than California. Not that, not that we don't have the beach. We do have the beach, but. Yeah, prettier than California. Wow. Like, I mean, people like listen to us like in the Redwoods and like, I mean, I guess that is California, but like, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I picture, I picture like some they're beautiful. Not, they're walking in the Redwoods or at the beach. Both of those are in California. <laughs> No, I feel like people like in Oregon, like I'm like, there's this lush, beautiful trees. Like that's what I always picture. They don't tell me that. You said there's not lush, beautiful trees in California? I mean, maybe up. We're in Orange County. It's not the same. So let's get into it. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's philosophize this ish. <laughs> if you can, if we can. Um, Doug, why do you feel like infertility? I want to like almost infer like maybe we should change the episode. We were going to call this bad things happen to good people. Maybe we should say, why does infertility happen to good people? I don't oh, know. I like maybe that, that's yeah. maybe who knows? Well, you know what? They'll see when we decide when they click on that's the episode. That's true. Yes. Um, why does it happen? Why does it happen to good people? Why does it happen to some and not to others? Why do you think? Okay. To get into this, we're going to split this problem into two halves. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. The first half we're going to call the emotional 
problem. The second half we'll call the logical problem. Okay. I think it's very important to figure out, to think through the fact that there is an emotional side of this and there's a logical side of this. If someone says, why do bad things happen to good people? Why does infertility happen to to good people? At, At some level, you have to wonder, are you asking that on an emotional level, like why, 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 hmm. this is so painful? Or are you asking logically, why does one thing happen instead of another? Just very different questions, you know? And I think it's important to, to think, what question am I actually asking? Because sometimes maybe you are grieving and you're sitting there and you're thinking, why is this happening to me? And the person you're talking to is thinking, Oh, they want, they're asking logically, (laughs) why does this happen? And they may say something like, well, you know, the, you know, the universe isn't fair. Life's not fair. And you're like, F you, that's not what I was saying. I was saying, why me? Oh, well, you're, there's an emotional side to it and there's a logical side. Okay. I see what you're saying. Uh, Just for your future in safety, whenever I say that (laughs) I'm talking about the emotional side. That's a good caveat to put here in the beginning. Generally, people are feeling the emotional side. And I would say, especially when people are in it, in it, it's probably why is this happening to me is not let's, I mean, maybe for some people, but I, I would, I would genuinely say with leading a lot of process groups and sitting with hundreds of people in their infertility journeys that normally it's something that, or typically maybe. Yeah. And when they say, why me, it is why me emotionally. And they want to be emotionally met in that. Not solved, not logical, not any of that. They just want to be seen of like, this sucks. And I hate this for you. Yep. I totally agree. I get the difference. And I think that's why we're starting here with the emotional side. And there's actually not much to say about it. I think the the idea is that this is why it's a problem. And if you're if you're like logically trying to chop this up and you're like, well, well, why is the emotional side a problem that we need to deal with? Well, it's because when we're confronted with the randomness of evil in the world, the randomness of brokenness, however you want to say it, brokenness, um, bad things, uh, horrible outcomes, whatever it is, when you're confronted with that at, at the seemingly random nature of the way that those things fall on people, it brings to you an emotional problem. All of us can sit here and say, well, I know that there's bad things that happen. You know, there's bad things that happen in the world. There's sickness, there's natural disasters. There's all, there's all these sorts of bad things, you know? Um, I get that. When it happens to you, it presents to you an emotional problem. Namely, is that you have to deal with your emotions. It's not enough just to say, well, yeah, there's an emotional component to it. If you are in pain, if you are wondering why me, if you're struggling with the anxiety and the depression of infertility, it becomes an emotional, it becomes an actual problem that you have to now do something with the anxiety, do something with the depression. It's not enough just to say, oh yeah, this is a problem. You're now confronted with what you're going to do with that. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And maybe this is why this subject, I I am okay with this one the emotional side of it. Yeah. It's like when I go down the why train, it's like the emotional side of it is easier for me. And, or, or that I feel like I have processed really. I feel like I have processed and emotionally healed from our season of infertility. And now it's almost like going into, maybe that's why I'm saying like, I haven't fully processed this. It's like, Oh, I've processed this emotionally Yeah. that Doug and I won't be able to have kids. Yeah. But logically, I don't know if I understand why that happened to us. Exactly. Okay. And I'm making that distinction right now in this moment as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) So to put it as clear as possible, 
there is this side of this problem that it's the evil in the world is just information and you get an emotional problem when that information that there's evil in the world falls in your lap because now it's no longer just information. It's an experience that you have and that experience has to be confronted. There are two things that you have to address when the evil in the world falls in your lap. One is this really big question of why the other one is what am I going to do with the feelings that I have? And I think, I just think that's an important place to stop and say, if we're trying to figure out why on an existential level, yet we're so overcome with the anxiety and the depression and the pain of infertility, the pain of why this has happened, it's going to be hard to think clear. It's going to be hard to be logical. I mean, maybe you can do it in little, you know, little bits. Yeah. But overall, the emotions are what we, we have to deal with. And the way that we do that is to confront the emotions, to process them, to bring people into the feelings, to feel all the feels, let people in, all of the stuff that we're always talking about. But I just, I, it happens more often than not that someone is experiencing a why me moment and you go, okay, well, logically, uh, and that's not what we need. We yeah. need someone to, to go, yeah, why, why, why? So why us? And sitting with that, is just as much an answer to the problem as the logical side that you need both. So if you're sitting there thinking, I've just spent all of this time processing my emotions and I've never gotten to the bigger logical question. That's okay. It takes a long time to deal with. I've been struggling with infertility for 10 years and I'm just starting to get around the corner of why logically did this happen to us? Or trying to put my logic around why we had to go through that season. You're right. I think it is time to officially address the logical side of it. But I I hope that you feel in this podcast how much energy we've put towards processing what it feels like. Talking about the emotional side of it is the majority of the time for the majority of people, why me? Why does infertility happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? The majority of the time, it's an emotional issue that we are struggling with. It's not a logical issue. That cannot be stressed enough. Have I stressed that enough? You have stressed it enough. So we validate all emotions. All emotions are welcome here. This is going to be something that is emotional. We're not saying to not be emotional. We're just going to tap a toe into the logic side of it. And now we finally get to my favorite thing in the world, logic. So now that we've validated all the feelings, felt the feelings, in the in fairness with you, let's tap a toe. Doug, why logically is this so hard to get our mind around? Why is logically, I want to find another word besides logic, but I can't. It's like. It's the perfect word, Jesse. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Why does logically infertility happen to good people? Why? Okay, great question. This will go quickly. Hopefully you can keep track. Please rewind. And if you ever get lost. Perfect. But I'm going to try. I've put some work into this. I've tried to make this as clear as possible. You have. Normally you don't have notes and you have notes written down. That should show how complicated (laughs) this is. The first thing I'll say is that if, can can I talk about it in this way? The problem of evil in the world. It's a weird way to say it. But I think that's probably the best way to classify what we're talking about here. And we're calling infertility evil. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Bad things. 
tragedies, um, tragedies, um, unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Why do these things happen? I'll use the word evil. You can substitute infertility, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. In that. Why logically is it a problem that evil is in the world? And the first thing I'll say to that is it immediately depends on what you think about the world. <laughs> oh, is that why I don't want to think about this? This is a complicated topic because and it's a complicated p- topic to do on this podcast because it immediately depends on what you think about the world. It immediately thinks about uh, de- depends on what you think about things like God, um, order and the universe and the scale is enormous. Yeah. So it's a complicated topic because it very quickly becomes very personal to someone the way that they view the world. Does that make sense? Yes. 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 And this is why I don't want to think about this. (laughs) And the scale is huge. On one end of the scale, you have someone who might view the world as totally meaningless, that there is no order in the world, that all of this This is is one side of the scale. This is one side of the scale. Everything is just totally random and has fallen into place completely by chance. And there's no such thing as meaning. There is no order. There is no such thing as good. There is no such thing as bad. There are no morals. There's just these little social circles that we've created and we all use the same language. That's one end of the spectrum. You can view the world like that. The other end of the spectrum, and some people may view the world like this, is that every single thing has meaning and that there is a God that exists and that God has dictated every single thing to happen exactly the way God wants it to happen. And you could replace God with higher power, Anything. universe, karma. Well, I mean, if that's, that. if that's that end of the spectrum, yeah, as you kind of move towards the middle, maybe you're like, there's, I don't believe in God, but I definitely believe that there is like a, there's an order to this whole universe. universe there yeah, there okay. is some principles that guide us. And then maybe you're not like, no, I don't think everything is meaningless, but I do think it's, you know, like we've kind of, it's less meaningless than God determining everything. That's what I'm saying. So complicated is everyone, all of our listeners will fall somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah. So how on earth do you make sense of that? How do you do this podcast? And how do you make sense of that? I have figured out a way. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. I am here for it. I think I'm clear about what you're saying. The spectrum. There are some people that just life is, the whole world is meaningless. There's nothing to necessarily do, but, and then, or there's not necessarily anything that has a ton of meaning. So I would, I would beg to differ that if someone's on that side, infertility might be logically an easy thing to understand because logically emotionally. No, I did not say emotionally. I meant logically, logically, if you fall in that side of the spectrum or that extreme, that side, it's probably going to be easier for you to wrap your mind around logically Logically. why this is happening. It's like life is not perfect. No one has been told that it's perfect. And then the other side though, I could see that it would be hard for that person to accept logically why both emotional but logically, why is this happening to me? Exactly. That's a good clarification. Exactly. And you've already pointed out probably one of the most important issues in the, in the right here in the beginning. Just call that- me a philosopher. I need the magnet for my fridge <laughs> or the pin. Just call me a philosopher. <laughs> when you think about it from a logical perspective, if, if on one end of that spectrum, everything is meaningless and we're wrestling, why do bad things happen to good people? Why is the universe set up like this? If everything is meaningless, there is no logical problem. It's just an emotional problem. Right. 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 It's just a, oh, I'm just struggling with this. 
But logically, there's no issue here because yeah. there's no meaning. There's no such thing as good. There's no such thing as bad. There's no such thing as a way things should be from a logical perspective. It's just an emotional problem. However, I, w- I would say, I would say a lot of people are there. I would say not everyone is there. Um, I, I would say if you're struggling with this issue on a cosmic level, you are more likely somewhere yeah. in the middle. And, and I will use these words, but it's good to mention before we get going any further that it's complicated to understand the different ways that people view the world. It's also complicated logically to kind of place yourself on there. Understanding how to make sense of this gets even more complicated. So we're going another level deeper. Okay. Before we go into that, I just wanted to say one more thing about the scale. I wonder if someone is on the side of meaningless, it's harder for them to emotionally tap in to. Are you going to clap? No. Oh, I Did you you gonna... I can. <laughs> I, I don't Thank know you. why I would clap, but yes. Okay, yeah. I thought I was being a brilliant point. Um, I, you put your paper down. So I was like, oh, he's going to clap for me. Nope. Okay. Um, like that, that might be harder for someone if they're in the side of logically, I can understand why maybe harder time tapping in mm-hmm. to the emotional side of it. I was just thinking about yeah. you actually, <laughs> you know, like it was, it was harder for you to tap into the emotional side of it. Maybe this is too gen. I'm not trying to say that this is everybody a hundred percent. And then the other person on the other side of the scale, <coughs> me, yeah. it's easier to tap into the emotional of why is this happening, but harder logically to wrap my mind around. Right. I do think that depending on your view of the world on a logical level, it does inform your emotional response. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Not always, but I, I think wouldn't it, say it this does. is a hundred percent. Every person that falls on that scale is yeah. going to react the same, yeah. but I just think that's just interesting. And I will say too, if you're going through something like infertility, you're going to fall back on reactions. Like you're going to get put back into like a very reactionary standpoint. And, and generally the way that you've been conditioned to think about the world, you'll fall back to that. So I've seen this a lot of times, maybe when you're younger, you grew up with a really strong sense of order and God and that the universe is supposed to be a certain way. But then maybe as you've grown older, you're like, I don't, I don't really fall into that anymore. Then something bad happens. You kind of boom, yeah. fall back into the way that you when you were an adolescent or when you were a child, you kind of thought like that. So there's a lot going on here and it's very complicated. Um, but let's go a level deeper. Now we're going to try to say, okay, how do we make sense of why there's evil in the world, given the fact that there's people all on this scale? Does that make sense? Yes. All right. I'll say this. Most people who we, are- We need a nerd time with Doug Jingle. We do. Does anyone on listen to this podcast or your partner or something make, make jingles? Because I want a jingle. I want nerd time with Doug jingle. Like, please, that we can just press and it just goes, now we're going into nerd time with Doug. I hope that there's a jingle maker. Yes. Is there a jingle podcast. maker? Because I- Not because I want a jingle, but just because I need to know that there are jingle makers. <laughs> it's got to be a job. It's probably a huge job. I'm sure it's actually difficult yeah. to think of. Hit me up, jesse at uniquelyknitted.org, please. <laughs> All the jingle makers. Anyway, I'm so sorry. Continue. Okay. I would say most people who are in a position of struggling this with this think that there is some kind of, and I've chosen these words carefully, order and goodness in the universe. We're not going to say anything more than that. That there are that most people are are viewing the world. In reality with that, that there is some type of order and goodness in it. You could say that that order and goodness comes from a God. 
Yeah. You can say that that order and goodness comes from just some underlying principles of the world. You can say that that order and goodness it was has kind of been put into the world through our own human consciousness. Whatever it is, if you're struggling with the logical side of it, you are probably thinking that there is some order and goodness in the universe. Evil then must be dealt with. And here and uh, does that make sense? First the order and the goodness part, that makes sense? Yes, yes. Evil then is a is an issue for that order and goodness. And I'll explain why. Yes. If there is evil in it the universe- It messes with that plan or it thought. It messes with that. And generally, the way people break that down is they either say, if there's evil, there is no order, or that the order is not good. Does that make sense? E- evil kind of either says, there's no, or- there's no order in the universe. So it's all just random. Or it says that the order that's there is not good. It's kind of, you know, evil yeah, goodness. Yeah. It's evil order. You know, it's, it's, does that make any sense? So the evil breaks this order and goodness. Yes. Situation. It messes with it. It yeah. messes with it. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause then you have to answer, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but then you have to answer like, does something allow the evil or is the evil random? You got it. So exactly. You're kind of moving ahead, which is perfect. I just want to make sure that we understand that dynamic. Yes, that makes sense. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself and process this through my own filter, but I will wait. Okay. We're doing great. So there's order, there's goodness. Evil's a problem because it introduces this difficult thing that you have to make sense of. Our experience of the universe is that there is seemingly random evil in the world. Random bad things happen. Infertility happens to this person and not this person. So that bit of information, does that mean that there is no order in the universe or, or does it mean that there's the, there's no goodness? You know, does it break this order and goodness system? Because if there is order and goodness in the world, you would think that you would see order and goodness all the time. I've lived a great life. I've done nothing really bad, but I've treated people with respect and honor all the time. I've really followed the rules and if the universe is good and it's ordered, then good things should happen to me because I've done the order well. Yeah. That's not how we experience the world at all. Right. You know, maybe you have like an uncle who's always like, the world's not fair. You right, know? right. Or right. life's not fair. Who told you life was going to be fair? That's actually our experience of the world. Our experience of the world is you can do everything right, follow all of the rules, and then just get utterly screwed, you know? But I think in infertility, for me, I had that, that life. Yeah. Like everything's good. Yeah. Me and Doug got married. We didn't really have a lot of problems before then. And then yep. boom, infertility comes. And that's why it's so existential. Is and, this because- is, and let's use our that example following exactly off the words you just said. It's existential because you're like, what happened to, to this- the order and goodness that I was that I was living in? Now yes. I have to make sense of this experience. And it's making me wonder, is there no order? Is this not is it not good? I think what's going on? I go. So who is in control of this? That's where I go, which we will pause and okay. deal with that. Another level deeper. Are you ready? Here we go. Nerd Time with Doug Jingle. Enter here. This gets even more confusing. Hopefully you've tracked with me. I don't think I need to recap. Nope. Don't recap the recap. Here's what you got to do. You either have to explain that the order is ultimately good in the end, or you have to say that we don't truly know what is good. Or that, or who are we to know what is good? Does that make sense? Say it again. You have to explain the evil somehow. 
And the, and the way that most people are trying to explain that evil is that they're saying that this order in the universe, it's not that it's not ordered. It's that we don't really know the order. It's that ultimately in the end, what we think is evil, what we think is disorder is actually some grand order. Or let me add one last thing is when we look at the goodness, we have to say, well, even though I don't experience it as good, it's ultimately good. So you're trying to explain away the evil by saying that we don't truly know the order. We don't truly know the goodness. And in the end, even though I experience it as evil and bad, it's ultimately part of this greater goodness, greater order. And you just kind of punt it away. Does that make sense? Yes, that totally makes sense. And I'm trying to apply it to my own life. And I'm going to talk about our adopted children for just a second. So someone with that mindset or trying to figure that out Mm -hmm. would say, that infertility happened to Doug and Jesse and that was bad, but look at the ultimate ending is you got these two adopted children. Okay, that's a perfect example, Jesse. Okay. So someone would say, even though you thought this was evil and disordered and bad, they're going to make sense and they're saying, no, there is order and goodness in the universe. Right. Look, you were able to adopt. That's how they they retain the order and the goodness and not have to get rid of it because of the example of evil. And now at this point, if you've been tracking and following, we have arrived at the atomic center of where all hurtful church comments come from. Yes. Because I'm like thinking about someone who moves along childless or doesn't get what they want or whatever. It's like, how do you explain that? Oh, they just had a good life. They just, you know, they just traveled. So that's like the silver lining or whatever. Do you see though that this is what's happening in the church lobby is, we'll we'll just use like a Christian church as an example, right? They're thinking the universe is ordered and it's good, right? The universe is ordered and it's good. It's ordered and good by God himself or whatever, by God, you know, is that the very essence of God is ordered and is making everything good. So when you come along and you're like, yeah, we're struggling to get pregnant, in order to save that order and save that goodness, you have to get comments like, it's all in God's timing. Yeah. God has a plan. God is good and God has a plan. Or his will is written in the stars. Stuff like that. Like Good happens to those who wait. Exactly. That's what I got a lot of. You have to admire them because what they're saying is, well, I don't want to completely get rid of my entire view of the universe because you are experiencing an instant Because it has to turn evil. out good somehow. The they're, evil they're has to turn out They're just trying to save the goodness and the order. Yeah. I want the like I have hung my hat. I have lived my life on the order and the goodness of the world. And whether they go through something painful or you go through something painful, they're going to save the order and the goodness no matter what. It may feel completely invalidating and it may make you want to hit your head against a wall. Might feel. <laughs> it probably will, but you have to understand that they're going to say something like, you know, good things come to those who wait all in God's timing. You never know the story God is weaving for you. God's still writing your story. Because they're trying to weave together a story where where the goodness and the order are still in there. Our example, going back to what you just said, our example is a perfect example. Doug and Jesse couldn't get pregnant, but they were able to adopt. So what, what, what felt like evil wasn't truly evil. Yeah. It was actually God's order and God's goodness just being displayed through this. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. And I'm sitting here thinking about this and it actually brews more compassion for me towards those comments. Mm. 
Yeah. Because I understand now that their grounding is that something has to have a silver lining. Yeah. Something has to, the, the evil, there has to be something coming out of the evil that's positive. Like I see this a lot in death in the, in the Christian community. Let's just say yeah, use that yeah, as an example yeah. of like, well, now they're in heaven. It's like, there's always gotta be, not that I'm not trying to diss any of these people or no, say no. that this is bad or whatever. It is very hurtful to someone who is struggling with infertility, but it's like, I. It, it's funny. It's brewing a little bit more compassion because yeah. it's like to admit that I don't have a silver lining would mess with your grounding. Yes. And here's the problem though with it is that evil- Is silver lining a good word? Yeah. You do have to do something with evil because the problem is, is that it it goes against our very experience to say that everything is ordered and good. (laughs) You know, there are are examples and stories where there is no order or goodness. It is chaotic evil, chaotic death. Maybe this is why Lord of the Rings ending always bothered me. Because Frodo doesn't actually throw in the ring. I'm so sorry to anyone who has not watched Lord of the Rings. I mean, the book was written very long. Yes. And movies have been out for a very long time. (laughs) But like a problem with that to me, with that movie always bothers me that Frodo doesn't do it at the end. He has to have his finger bit off for it to go into the thing. And I think it's that thought of like, there is some stories that it doesn't work out. There are some endings that don't end perfectly, that don't end perfectly, that don't have the silver lining. So what, do you do with that logic? If you have that logic that my grounding is that there's always a silver lining, what do you do in Lord of the Rings? Yeah. I think the two outcomes here is I'm that- I'm so glad that I said that in the same <laughs> sense. What do you do with the end of Lord of the Rings? The two outcomes here is that you kind of just have to become this glossy type person who doesn't really, these would be the two negatives. How about that? The two negative options here is that you give up on maybe a decades long commitment to order and goodness, or even- multiple decade long commitment to that. Right. And you just go, Oh, the, everything's meaningless. That's all. It's meaningless. Everything, yeah. You know, because the evil that you've experienced is so bad. How do or, I make sense of yeah. this experience? You go to one end of the spectrum. I guess both ends of the spectrum would be difficult, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Would be one end is like, although people are there and they're happy. That's great. I'm not saying that you, that that's bad. I'm just saying, I think it either squirts you out to one of those sides. I think, I think you're saying what could possibly come with that way of thinking. Yeah. You just go like, Oh, it's all meaningless, you know, and you just get rid of whatever order and goodness you thought was there. Or you are so committed to the order and goodness that you kind of just gloss over all the evil. You know, you gloss over all of the pain and you kind of get out of touch with yourself and you're out of touch with what other people are going through. Because how do you sit with that? How do you sit in the pain? How do you sit in, in, in the seemingly chaotic nature of the world? You just go, well, you know, it's all, all going to work out. You know, it's all, it's everything. The universe has a plan, you know, right. uh, God, the God, the gods are up there and they got it all figured out. Don't worry about it. You know, it is, it is what it is. You don't want to be on, you know, let me take that back. It's not that you don't want to be on either side because people are there. I'm just saying it, this is it it makes the most sense to us to be on one of the others, one of the extremes. You know what I mean? You kind of gloss over all the evil because how do you make sense of it? Or you just embrace the total doom and like nonsense of the world. You know, it makes, it it pushes us to those extremes. Yeah, I get that. It's funny though. I'm just sitting here trying to soften my heart. It's like, it makes so much sense that the person that is on that one side of the spectrum of, everything works out for a reason. There's always a silver lining. You know, God has a plan, blah, 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 blah. It's almost like you, you almost need to like expect them to say those things Mm -hmm. because that you would have to unroot their view of the world and how they think the world works. Yep. 
And that and helps me. And this is, we've come <laughs> Wait, to- Wait, pause. A- <laughs> that helps me. It helps me. Not that it's right or it's not painful or that still is not painful. I'm not saying that. That when someone says that it's still painful, that's okay. But it's like a way of- Cause I'm always like, I feel like I always bounce around of like who, what ignorant comment do I educate that that was ignorant. And I feel like for me as someone, it's like, you have time to sit with this person and unroot their grounding. Is that what you're trying to do? Like, so I'm, I'm feeling like challenged in myself to be like, I don't have time to sit with this person and uproot their grounding. Yeah. And can I add that many of us are having to experience that within our own lives. I think if, right. if someone's going, if someone's listening to this podcast and they're into this, the chances are there's been some uprooting in their own lives where yeah. the order and the goodness and the, and the evil, it's not all, it's not all gelling together right. very well anymore. So they're having to go, what do I think about the order and the goodness? What do I think about all of this? Is that really, do I really believe that? Do I really, can I really commit to that? given my experience of what I've gone through, given the experience of infertility and the randomness and the chaotic, you know, sadness of it, is that affecting my view of order and goodness? And there's been a lot of uprooting and it's very groundless, you know, yeah, it feels it very odd. And they're wondering where do I fall on that spectrum now? So they're kind of floating and it, it's a very difficult logical problem. Again, emotionally is a whole different topic. Yeah. But even logically, that introduces a very difficult position to be in because we want to, you know, sometimes in life we want to feel like I know how the world works. Yeah. But for a lot of people, I think in this season, they're wondering, I don't know if I know how the world works anymore. Floating. You said floating. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm floating. I feel like even now as I'm talking about it, I'm like, feel like I'm floating because it feels big. And I think, I think where I get scared is I'm afraid the more logical I go down, it's going to lead me to a place that I'm scared to think. Oh, that like, a, my like views, a more meaningless universe? No, no, not that. I'm, I'm or, just going to be honest. Or a more like that God wanted this for you. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I'm just going to be honest that yeah. like, I've been struggling with this for a long time of just like, and I think mine, mine, not everybody's goes to God. And I think that I'm scared of where that's going to lead. That it's going to lead to either not how I was raised in the way of thinking about God in a new way, you know, I feel like it's like yep. fear. It's like, I don't want to go down this logically because I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah. It might completely change. Not that I'm, I, I don't think it's going to lead me to a place of God. I don't believe in God anymore. And this is just me. Like, I don't believe in God anymore, but like, it's going to lead me to a place. I feel like of like, are you in control? Are you just picking and choosing? Are you like Doug and Jesse? Nope. This person. Yep. This person. Nope. Like, and I feel like that's going to lead me to a place of like, that doesn't give you a very a picture of a God being good. Yeah, you know? and it gives me a different picture of God than how maybe I was raised to think or whatever. And I think it messes right. me up with prayer, which I've always said on the, on earlier right, episodes right, of like, right. well, then if he's not in control and he's not picking and choosing or whatever it is, the universe, then why do I pray? Yeah. Why do I pray? Why do I say like, please have this happen when it's like, is he in control? Is he like sitting up there with his notepad being like, Doug and Desi, no, da, da, da. so that's the question that I would love for you to answer. Thank you. Well, okay. That, that's, <laughs> that's great. I think that's what happens when infertility falls in our lap. Yeah. The problem of evil falls in our lap and becomes incredibly personal and we can no longer overlook it. Yeah. So we're then presented with this very logical problem. Well, first, an emotional problem. Secondly, a logical problem that says, 
is the is the order really there? Because it doesn't seem like there's order anymore. Yeah. And then it makes you wonder, is the goodness really there? So you this problem of evil creates a problem that you could say like God, God is either not good or he's not ordering things. Yeah. You know, he's not powerful enough to really order it well or he's not good. So that's the problem that one person would have to overcome. It's introduced to them during infertility, which if I can just say the problem of evil is one of the oldest arguments against God, right? Against order and goodness is this problem of evil. So this is where I would say the average person is going along just trying to have a family, trying to get pregnant. And then all of a sudden, boom, as if 50 pounds of philosophy books are dropped in their lap in the midst of the worst possible time of their life. And they're asked, Hey, by the way, figure out this. It's overwhelming. Who wants to do that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I hope that you've, you've, we've explained it well enough. Should I recap? No. Okay. I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Infertility provides for us this problem. There's an emotional component and a logical component. The emotional component is why me? Why did this happen to me and all the feelings that go along with it? The logical component is a deeper, more logical, no, literally why me? Yeah. Which introduces us to the problem of evil, which either says God is not good or God is not all powerful. I used the words order and goodness. If if I'm experiencing the universe like this, is the universe ordered and good? Whatever way that you think of that. So now we're sitting here wrestling. What do I do? How do I make sense of the evil? Do I go to a more meaningless universe? Do I kind of gloss over the pain and say that, no, it's all part of, you know, some bigger order, some better goodness. And this is where I come to you, Jesse. And I ask, what do you think people want? What do you want? Because now we've entered a level of confusion that actually goes beyond the podcast. We cannot go any deeper because we would have to go instant by instant and try to come up with a solution. I could tell you the way that maybe maybe one very elegant yet confusing way of making sense of this, or do we just kind of leave it here? (laughs) What do you feel like the people want, Jesse? What do they want? I think... I want to stop thinking about this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, you can't say that you're going to say it and then not say it. So maybe if you just want to stop here, you can, but maybe we can, cause, cause you're saying that I'm because saying it could so be contextualized personal. to your thing. Yeah. Right, right, right. Which I think people can understand. I think we've been very open and honest that we're not trying to tell anyone how to think yeah. or what to believe or anything like that. I feel yeah, like we've, okay. we've really said that. I hope on this podcast and previous podcasts, when we talk about God or the church or whatever, yeah. I feel like we always try to leave it very open to your interpretation or what you think about the world. I want to make sense of this and I want to feel less, I want to feel more grounded. How does one do that in your personal view? Here's one possible way to make sense of this. And again, we're going to begin with the problem. Our experience is that there's evil in the world. Infertility. It's random. How do we make sense of that and also keep order and goodness in the universe? How does evil, order, and goodness all fit together? Here's one way of making sense of that. Insert jingle here. Ding. One way of making sense of that is you introduce freedom into the universe. That this 
world that we live in is ordered in a way that there is tons of freedom. Freedom for people to choose all sorts of things. Freedom for even the biological and the natural world, the natural universe to have the very chaos, death, reproduction, infertility, all of that mixed in. It's a very open and very free universe. Can I just pause you? Yes. Can I? Yeah, of course. When I think of freedom, I think of a choice that I choose. I don't know how to integrate freedom when it comes to infertility because I didn't choose it. Exactly. Does that make sense? Exactly. Like I view freedom of like, oh yeah, okay, God gives you, or whatever it is, God gives you the choice to do whatever you want. So you yep. could choose to rob the bank or you could not choose to yes. rob the bank. And where my brain literally malfunctions yeah. is it's like, but how do you think about that when you didn't choose it? That's a very, that's that's one way to think about freedom, right? That would be like, we, ha- we ha- only have freedom of will, freedom of choice, right? Yeah. There are multiple ways that you could think about a free world, a free reality. Yeah. And one of them is that it's a very open reality, that life, death, growth, hurricanes, tsunamis, plagues, fertility, infertility, bacterias, diseases, all are kind of thriving in this ecosystem of life and freedom, right? And that there are, there is good things. There are bad things that happen. And, and that is a level of freedom that I feel like we experience in this world that, that choice things aren't ordered to the degree that it's not just like freedom of choice. You know what I mean? Where it's like, where I'm free to either choose a or B it's that a and B are occurring naturally all the time. And I'm, I'm part of this ecosystem of freedom that I'm experiencing. To me, that makes the most sense of the way that I experience the world, you know, is that an, I would say an ecosystem of freedom. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> Here's the I guess, qu- I guess I'm just like struggling with like, I, I, I guess I'm really honest of like, why did infertility have to be one of those things? Yeah, well, I think it's like, or no, maybe and and maybe not even that. It's like I don't understand how infertility could be with freedom or free will. Because mm-hmm. it makes me feel like there's a thing, aka insert God, that is in control of those things. It's harder for me to think that it's amb- that it's just in there like an ecosystem. Like, but I guess that is how the world is. Well, the problem is, is that's the way we experience the world is that there's just this ecosystem of things happening. Yeah, some yeah. things are good. Some things are bad. There's life, there's death. There's, you know, I yes, all right. those things I just said, right? right? That's the the way we experience it. The question is, does that level of freedom violate the order and the goodness? Does that make sense? Like yes. if it's that free, can you really say that it's ordered? Can you really say that it's good? Okay. That's the right. problem, right? We experience that level of freedom in the, like this almost soup of the universe, the soup of reality. But is it ordered? And is it good? If that's what we experience, all you have to do if you're trying to retain that order and goodness is describe order and goodness in a way that would allow for that level of freedom. And the way, one way, possible way that you can do that is to say that that the, the if there is a God, that the God that is creating this free world, this free reality, has knowledge to know all the options that could exist, all the optional worlds that could exist, all the things that could have happened given the freedom that we have, and that the universe and the reality that we live in 
is the most free and the most good, the most ordered and good out of all the different options that God could have created. So this universe is ordered and it is good given all the ways that it could have been created. And we live in the most free, the most good, and the most ordered universe given God's, and you would call it God's counterfactual knowledge of other possible realities. I'm getting like an Infinity War, Doctor Strange. <laughs> oh, there's definite thought. Doctor Strange Infinity War. Well, at the end, when he goes, it's, I'm so, giving away so many spoilers, but I'm of, of things, but hopefully the movie has been out for a long time too, of like where he goes and he turns to Iron Man and he says, one. One. Yep, one. Yep. That's literally the image that I got. Would you say that that's fair? I mean, we could go way beyond the scope of this podcast, but one way of viewing the creation of this universe is that God having counterfactual knowledge, which would be God knowing all the things that are counterfactual. Everything that we experience is factual. We chose to come to the office today. That's a fact. God knows all, God would know all of the counterfacts, every other decision that we could freely make. God knows all of the free decisions of this free eco, you know, universe that exists, all the good, all the bad. And God has chosen to create and bring into reality, instantiate what you could say, the most free, most good universe. So out of all the infinite possibilities, just like Dr. Strange, this is the one that was brought into creation. The order and the goodness brought this into creation because it is the most ordered and most good while retaining the maximal amount of freedom that could exist. That makes sense? (laughs) It does. It does. I guess I just feel selfish to feel like, why did I get, why did I get, is it choose? Is that even the right word? Like, why did that? This is the maximally good universe, right? There's in every other universe, it's worse. So you You believe in different universes? No, no. I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just saying that's the logical thought experiment that this is the maximally good universe where the most amount of people are experiencing goodness the most amount of per- people are maximally free and ordered correctly. So you may say like, mm. well, how come one other person has more than what I have? I would say, well, that's because this is the, the, the max freedom, max amount of goodness, maximum amount of order. <laughs> Let me explain one okay. last thing. This is just and one you're, way. And you, you, I just for to overly ex- explain, you could replace God with anything in your view. Yeah. I mean, like you do run into problems if you think that the universe has always existed with some type of maybe unifying principles or um, ordered principles. I don't know where those ordered principles would have come from, but if they, maybe maybe they're just like written, say, into the universe. There does seem to be some intentionality in this view that I just explained that that there is an intentional creation of a type of universe. Right. If you don't believe in God, then you would have to say that baked into the the universe's eternal experience is this order and goodness. You'd have to make sense of that. I'm just picking one. I just, just yeah. I just gave one example of how you make sense of all this. Yeah. We want to retain all this freedom. We want to retain that evil is evil no matter what. It shouldn't happen. There is no greater goodness just to infertility. 
there is no greater purpose to infertility. It's just evil and it shouldn't have happened this way. Hmm. It's And it's sad all the way through. However, there's no other more free, more good, more or ordered way that it could be because God brought into existence the most ordered, the most good, and the most free universe that could be here. I feel like I'm that's, that's just, again, it. just one way to place it on the spectrum. I know, I know, I know. Um, I know you're not trying to tell anyone how to think either or something like that, yeah. but I feel like I'm viewing it as like a toddler. Like, <laughs> yeah, basically, and it's kind of switching my mindset of like, I want freedom. I want yes. to have choice, but I, I don't want to have this. Right. And you're saying God or whatever, maybe not whatever, but like God in this, in this, in this scenario, some type of is like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Basically. Is that how kind of like I'm, yeah, that's a more sinister way to put it. I (laughs) I would say, but like angry, but at some level that's true. How do you create a, you say, say we were trying to do that, right? Say we were trying to, in a laboratory, create a universe. Yeah. And we want that universe to be as free as it possibly could be. Right. As I just wish they could just be free of choice. Just, just, just freedom of choice. I know there's going to be problems here and you're going to philosophize <laughs> and it's going to be like, well, where does that end? But do you know what I'm saying? Like we want to, we want to create a universe that's as free as possible and as good as possible and, and as ordered and makes sense as possible. That's yeah. what this is. That's what we're experiencing right now. And you may sense like, you may say like, yeah, but the evil that I'm experiencing is, is horrible. I think that the, that in that universe, we would say, yes, it is. I wish I could have created, I would I wish I could have created it better and with and with without as much evil, but I would have violated your freedom. I would have violated the order and violated the freedom. And then we would have said, "Well, why I wanted it to be more free?" It's like, right, this is the universe that we're experiencing. We're all of those things. It literally, is Doctor Strange. <laughs> it's like a hundred million scenarios. Just one. Yeah. Because I guess then you I just say, wish. How how good is a universe where you have no choice? You know, how good is an unfree universe, an unfree reality? Yeah, but why does unfree is that even, have to? Is that even? Are we really even people in an unfree experience? I just wish the freeness didn't have pain. Exactly. That is just again to repeat one, one way to make sense of this problem of evil. Yeah. How do we make sense of that? Our of our experience is that there's evil in this universe. How does that not destroy our view of goodness and order? This is one possible way to do that is to, is to go down this path. Again, you're going to fall somewhere on that spectrum. And I, and I do encourage you when the time is right, when you've, when you've truly expressed and you're in a place where you're dealing with your emotions to explore and allow this be a, to be a motivation for you to figure out the universe, figure out reality in a greater way. Can we talk for five seconds about me? <laughs> so yes, I'm going to talk about my own, pro- my own process with this. Again, I'm not telling anyone how to think. Yeah. I'm not trying to convince you to convince you to think a certain way. I just wanted a little bit baby process where I am at. So with the freedom of reality, why the hell do we pray? This is just my experience. And I think some people would relate to me. Are you saying in that Kind of, if it's freedom of reality, yeah. is God is God in my situation? Is God up there able to change the reality? Well, now we get very. You're going to go very Doctor Strange because I have prayed for me to not have infertility for right. my whole life. Right. Not so, really, but well, I mean, this goes very Doctor Strange. Before the creation of everything, God know in this diagram that I had set or this example that I had set up. 
the creator would know what your free choices were and what your desires were before creation was ever created. So the prayers that you have, the requests that you have, everything that you're doing is not heard in the same linear timeline that we're in right now in that when you have a thought, you're not making God or the creator aware of something that that creator did not know five minutes ago. Because on a different view of time, the request that you have as a 60-year-old woman will be heard before the creation of the universe. So us making them known is we're putting we're making them known to a creator who knows them before the creation of the universe. So us having the thoughts, us you know saying the prayers, saying the words is very important because it does affect the way things were created before creation began. <laughs> How about that Marvel call me? Marvel call me. I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. I'm going to pray on it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like I'm yeah, it's just uh, this is why this is hard for me. And this is why I think this is probably hard for people. Is and do you see why and do you see why someone might be like, oh pff, that's crazy. Screw it. Just screw yeah. it. There, oh, this, t- this whole thing is meaningless. There's I'm no, borderline ready to screw all this. There's just no kidding. meaning in this. Or you might go like, oh no, that's a weird view of God. Right. God is good. Right. And what he says goes. If God wanted me to be infertile, then God wanted me to be infertile. Right. Who am I to judge? I'm going to share. Do you get, do you get why people say that? Do you, you can almost hear it after this long conversation. You could hear why someone would be like, you know, if God chooses some people to be infertile and some others, who am I to judge? I can't figure it out. Cause it's like, yeah. Cause it's hard to think about the right. other options. Right. It's hard to salvage total freedom and the, and letting evil be evil and also salvage God's goodness and order. You yeah, know? yeah. Let's give ourselves a round of applause, everyone. We did it. We did it. I, yes. I don't know if I did it, but I processed something. If you've made it this far in this podcast, we are proud of you. Yes, thank you. Thank because you. we are about way over what we normally do. But you know what? Sometimes I like a longer episode here you and know, there. You know, it happens. And, and, and thank you for investing in this thought process. Yeah. I will be annoying and painfully again say there are two problems. The first one is emotional. I would say for most of us, that's where we're at. Do not overlook the emotional side of things. If you are desperately looking for a logical explanation of all of this, I hope this helped a little bit. Yes. Know that there's lots more that could be looked at, lots more that could be studied. And just for someone who doesn't know your background that is listening to this episode. Now would be a good time at the very end, right? (laughs) Maybe insert this in the beginning because (laughs) what, Doug, your background is in what? I, my background is in philosophy of ethics, philosophy of religion, ancient ethics, and I have studied, you know, at the graduate, postgraduate level, all of these things. Um, I spent a long time working in a church, but that really is my background is understanding the deepest, most hard, most annoying things about theology and philosophy. So I, I do think I'm qualified to survey what's out there. Not definitely qualified to tell you individually what you should do with your own life. Uh, But I think I can present what is out there in a way that hopefully feels clear. And if you have a background in things like theology and philosophy, um, and you feel like I got something wrong, please be, please be kind. I'm trying to use the most common words possible 
and trying to be as fair as possible. So we didn't do any of these topics justice to the degree that they need to be done justice to. But hopefully we kind of gave some food for thought that spurs you on to greater investigation. And I have a background in talking and bang culture. So bang culture. <laughs> I was, I hope you're talking about hairdressing, right? <laughs> yes. Doug, way to make it that way. Oh my gosh. So that's my background talking and bang culture. So hopefully I brought some of that to the table. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Infertility Feelings Podcast, a show produced by the nonprofit Uniquely Knitted. This is your place to process, cry, and laugh about infertility. We are so grateful for all of our amazing donors that we have who support our work. If you would like to learn more about how we serve the community and support the work of Uniquely Knitted, we encourage you to check out our website at uniquelyknitted.org. If you enjoy this podcast and would like more people to hear it, please give us a rating and a comment in Apple Podcasts. This is just the best way for more people to hear these conversations. If you need to talk to someone about your feelings and you are hurting, please reach out to us. We are here to help you. If you would like to learn more about our unique process groups and talk to Doug and I, please follow the link in our show notes. See you guys next week.